Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. episode 258 of the Sausage Factory. Welcome. Thanks for listening. It's coming up to Christmas. But not quite. By the way, in case you're wondering, before I delve into what I'm going to be talking about in this episode, there will be an episode throughout the Christmas period. We will be dropping them. There'll be no break for us. Oh no. Unlike our beloved masters, Kane and Rince, who are actually going to take a break, as they normally do. But before we delve into what they're doing, what am I talking about this week? Well... This week I talked to Thomas Jens from Steel Mantis about the arcade adventure game Val Faris. Yeah, you're gonna, this is a good I mean, they're all good. Every show I do is great. Of course it is. All 258 of them. But this particular one, well, you know, saw it at uh, EGX and really liked it. And anyway, Kane and Rince, last show of the year of 2019. What a year it's been. Oh. And, uh, yeah, Final Fantasy XV! They finally finished the Final Fantasy games that aren't MMOs. Because clearly, it's not really possible for Kane and Rince to do an MMO. They might do it one time, but I just don't see it happening. Anyway, and on Wednesdays you have Sound of Play, where they celebrate the musical scores of video games. And then on Thursday we have Playwright, with two people called Ryan talk about creating games, or indeed create games, and lots of puns as well, as an added bonus, based on the ideas sent to them by their listeners. It's excellent. It really is very, very good. It's, a, it's like a, a mirror of the, the Sausage Factory, which is out on Fridays, but you knew that because you're listening to it now. At least I hope so. If you want to find out more about all those shows, see all the archives, see all the archives, listen to all the archives, delve into them. For all of those shows, you can. You can go to canerince.com. Yes, Yes, Kane Rince has a website. Of course it does. And on this website is not only the archives of previous shows, but also a lively forum. There's also blog posts, reviews, and there's going to be lively blog posts around the end of the year because everyone, everyone's reflective of what they experienced over the last 12 months because that's what one does during Christmas time. That and eat very large amounts of mince pies. We also have a Twitch stream. On Friday nights, we have MK Homebase. He's currently going through Double Dragon 3. He tried it last week, did a sterling job, but wasn't quite there. And it's an impossibly difficult game, but uh, he's exceptionally skilled at it. And uh, I do recommend you go check that out. Then we have Darren Gargett. He's ploughing his way through the Sonic games rather impressively. He played Sonic Force, or Sonic Forces. Hmm. Uh, very pretty game. And some bits of it remind me of the good bits of Sonic and other bits... Yeah, not so much. But anyway, really entertaining stuff. So yeah, Darren's uh, enjoying himself doing that. And for me, I'm just streaming random games on random platforms on Sunday evenings at 8pm GMT. Um, This week, at the time you listen to this show, um, I'll be uh, Speed Demons on the Apple Arcade. 
which is on the Apple TV platform, which I've done before. I've done it. I did um, Super Impossible Road the other week. That was fun. But no, this one's this one's this one's a different one. But then following week, I've got a bit of a surprise. But you have to wait to the next episode before we hear about that stream. Now, if you want to chuck us some coins for gratitude for all this stuff we make, all this content we make, you can. You can actually subscribe to our Patreon. One US dollar a month is all we ask for. And you gain access to extra content. You gain unedited versions of Kane and Rince. And also you get it much earlier, a week earlier than everyone else. Hurrah. You also get access to the monthly podcast, which Jay and Leon, the founders of Kane and Rince, uh, of which there are a few more than those. There's also Tony. Um, but they, um, yes, they um, talk about things that happen in Kane and Rince and also in the world of gaming generally. So it's a bit of a... Almost a banter cast, but not quite. So yes, do you know if you want to chuck in some coin and subscribe and see that stuff, then you can. But enough about that. I know you want to hear me from the past talk to Thomas about Val Ferris. So should we go listen to me then, Chris? If you'd be so kind, Tom. Hello there. Who are you, and what do you do? Uh, I'm Tom. And I uh, make computer games. You do, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> pretty well, uh, pretty good ones, I hasten to add. Oh, thanks. Well, um, uh, I would say um, the latest one is probably the one I'm most proud of, for sure. Uh, Valfaris. Um, yeah. So, and uh, before that, there's. There was uh, Slain, Back From Hell, which yep. um, I didn't uh, start, I didn't work on that from the beginning. Um, and before that, uh, I did some Flash games. And before that, well, um, let's see. This is I very interesting, some, Tom, ooh, because this yeah. is the follow-on question. How do every guest us... Let's do this. They sort of, sort of they lean over my shoulder. Yeah. How did you make your start making video games? You were about to do that, weren't you? You were about to go all the way back yeah. to when you were so, a fetus, coding yeah, away yeah. in your mother's womb. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, probably that's, that's not too far from the truth. I think um, as soon as uh, my dad had bought like a, uh, an old... Oh, it, well, it wasn't old at the time. A, a now very old computer. It was like, uh, I think it was a BBC Micro. Uh-huh. Uh, and it had some pretty, yeah, pretty basic games on it. I think there was this game where it was just like, uh, there was just like three different colored cats. And like you have, to, and then they had, there was like three different colored hats and you had to like match the correct colored hat onto the, onto the cat. And okay. it was, you know, you know, it's, it's not the most advanced game, no. uh, but like I not think Death from... Stranding then. Uh, not quite. <laughs> not quite. No, no. Uh, yeah, but like uh, this was. Uh, I just that was the first game I remember seeing, and I remember oh. being really excited about it. And then from there, um, I think yeah, I got a, a NES at some point, and I got a Probotector, which is which is contra for the Americans. Um, and this, and oh yeah, I love that a lot. So there were some see. wonderful games on the NES or NES. Or yeah. I mean, nothing blew my mind. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, as a British person, you know, we can stand up for our speckies and what have you, but honestly, contemporary, that machine, I don't know how Nintendo did what they did with that, but there's some magic dust inside that machine. And uh, it really, really sang. Um, its biggest competitor was the Sega Master System, which, if it had the better, it had the better software, it would have been better. But it didn't, mm, in my humble yeah. opinion. There were some excellent games on the Sega Master System, but they, yeah, just didn't yeah. really have the library that the NES had. But so that explains something about uh, the inspiration of Val Faris, but we'll talk about that later. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I also had yeah, some of the first games I had Mario, original Mario Brothers, uh and also Mega Man 2. So, I think and and really uh those those two games, Pro Protector and Mega Man 2, definitely had a massive influence on Valfaris 
but uh, so anyway, after that, uh, oh yeah, I got this um, uh, this program uh, my dad got for me. It was called Click and Play. I don't know if you've heard of this. No, it, no. It's um, <clears throat> it's a PC program where it lets you make games without coding. You know, just sort of like drag and drop, uh, like things you've drawn on, you know, paint or whatever. And then you can like animate them and make things happen. So I started doing this when I was like pretty young, uh, maybe before, uh, you know, around age eight or nine. And so um, that was awesome. And that got me really excited about making games. And this uh, series of programs like had a, a couple of like updates that, um, made it more advanced. There was Games Factory was like a sequel to it, and then there was Multimedia Fusion, and uh, I think some people still use that today to make games. Multimedia Fusion. I mean, yeah, it's pretty good, but it's also very limiting. Um, so, yeah, I was ma- I was making a lot of games in my in this way in my like teenage years, and they all like never got finished because. And, you know, I love to just start a game and work on it for like a week and then get bored and start something new. And I think that's uh, pretty normal, actually. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's it's that interesting threshold where you reach this precipice of, uh, it's not really interesting, I'm just not grabbing me. Um, yeah. Okay, it's a thing I've made, but it's honestly, this is not going anywhere. And you move on, it's part of the creative process and something often said and Take a drink, everyone, but the creative process is very destructive. Yeah. The amount of stuff you throw away is phenomenal. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, at at this point, because there's nothing nothing commercial about it, it's just like a pure creative outlet. So if I feel like making something, then I just do it. And and then if I had a new idea that was completely unrelated, I'll just make that. And it's just like a fun thing to do, like after school. So and unfortunately, because you know, it never, it never. I mean, it would have been nice if I had really stuck with one thing at a time and like saw a game through to the end. But it was just like there's probably like a, on some old computer in my parents' attic. There's probably like a hundreds of half-made games. I don't know. <laughs> don't worry about it. I mean, like I said, there's just not. It's not a kid dissimilar to the masses of post-it notes on a whiteboard that's been stuck on someone's wall for the thousand and one ideas that they've had uh, that haven't made it to a game, but they will do one day. Yeah, and that's yeah. okay. And that's okay. Like yeah, said, it's, it, you know. it's also it's like making Lego stuff, and you make something amazing, and then just destroy it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't do that i was a weird child in that regard i would oh. make something and it would be there for ages because i just i had a kind of reactive i've got active imagination i love telling stories so i'd use little dudes running around castles and stuff and it was, <laughs> i'd just i'd just build them and then they sit there and my parents and siblings would go chris just get rid of it so, no i'm making a story thing but it's just, yeah. you know so, yeah yeah well there's like uh you must have well, you could never make something new then because you'd run out of Lego. Yeah, well, no. I would eventually, <laughs> you know, d- dismantle them. But it just took longer than most, I've noticed. You know, okay, fair uh, enough. But, uh, yeah, I had a town, I remember. But my favourite was a castle. It had it had a moving drawbridge, like an actual functioning working drawbridge. All the things oh. I would fling off of that thing, it was amazing. <laughs> That oh, sound amazing. It was great. It was great. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, oh yeah. So I, after this, I um, went to study games design at Teesside University. Okay. Um, and this, and back then, there weren't many games courses no. in like anywhere. I think it was, it was kind of like a new thing. Maybe there were only like a couple of universities uh, that did it, and. Teesside was like really good. I think they still are. I, I don't know actually anymore. But uh, yeah, and that was a that was a really awesome time. 
And can I yeah. just ask, and you needn't yeah. answer this, but I'm just curious because I've never asked this before in all the years I've done this, and it suddenly occurred to me. Um, here you are going off to university, you know, pay, paying your fees and stuff. But what did your parents make of that? Um, <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um, I think they were well. Um, Hmm. I, think I mean, they were, it's like, they, were, they were pretty... Uh, I mean, they're like, probably happy that you're going to university. That's cool. That's fine. You'd, they'd done that. They managed to nurture you to the point where you were off to do, you know, further education, higher education, so I say. Great. Thumbs up. Mm-hmm. It's, but video games? <laughs> I'm just well, curious. Was it... I mean, yeah. obviously, they're very supportive for... Yeah, they were very supportive, for sure. Yeah. Um, I wonder... I wonder if they secretly thought like, "Oh God, like, <laughs> game, game, computer games." No, yeah. I don't. I don't yeah. think so. I, don't I reckon. Think so. No, no, I, no. I reckon my my dad, especially, he's always very tech savvy. Oh, so yeah. he's like, oh, yeah, "This is, you know, this is a big market. That's <clears throat> this is something. This is the thing you want to get into nowadays for sure." This is a viable profession. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, I thought so. Sorry, I interrupted. Do carry on. Oh, that's okay. Um, let's see, where was I? Okay, university. So, Indeed. oh, oh, yeah, this game design course. It wasn't. Um, it was. It was mostly like an art course. So it was like uh, animation, um, art, like drawing, concept art, and things like, and just general design, like uh, gameplay design, rather than any coding or anything. So it's kind of weird because. Um, well, in recent years, I've become uh, like a, a coder uh, slash designer rather than the artist. So, and I and I've always been like more focused on art, and that's been my thing. And doing three D animation stuff like that, and uh, so that was mainly what the course was. And then, uh, yeah, I didn't. Um, and slowly, I became a coder over the years. I don't know how it happened. I, I just sort of, it's, oh yeah. So I wanted to make flash games because that was the only way I could see. Uh, because I was sort of doing games by myself, it was the only way I could make something. Um, you know, like that wasn't too like large scale. So uh, I had to learn how to code. So I just sort of went on Google and was like, how do you code? And then just followed some tutorials and eventually uh, was able to put something together. <laughs> it's very impressive, uh, especially what, what you've come up with in Belfaris. It's, uh... oh. And the animation obviously kept with you because, wow, stuff is always well, moving. It's great. <laughs> Well, that's um, that's uh, this, the moving stuff is down to uh, Andrew. Oh, so, okay. so the game the game was made by me and Andrew, and he is uh, the sort of visionary of the game and the artist. Ah, right. Uh, so yeah, pretty much everything you see is any graphics are done by him. Okay. Uh, although when it comes to animation, I would say the only things. That I've contributed to uh, anything where it's like a, it's been programmed, animated like through programming. So when it's like a, it's like a wiggly tentacle or something, right. and and there's plenty of wiggly tentacles. Oh yes, there are, there are, if you like your tentacles, and this is a family show, yeah. everyone. <laughs> your Val Faris has has got it for you. Yes. Yeah, that's one of the key selling points. That... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's a box quote. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so you, 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 obviously you started in Flash, may it rest in peace, and then you oh, you yeah. graduated off to to uh, other sort of platforms and uh, uh, things like Unity, uh, which are very helpful engines. I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, yeah. but uh, it does help. But you still got to know your C sharp to get the most out of that engine. Yeah. Course. Oh yeah, Unity's great. So that's yeah. I've been using that for quite a few years now, and that's that makes life very easy. Yeah, uh, it used to be terrible at two D, but now it's it's fine. But I do remember a time when it was bad. 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't really designed for that kind of interface, but people went. We kind of still like making those. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I think it okay. is is definitely uh, better for three D stuff, but um, there's no reason. It, it depends, really. I think if you wanted to do something that was like a pixel perfect game, it's it's probably not the best no. choice. But like uh, yeah. you know, something like Valfaris and Slain is just. It's just all over the place with <laughs> pixels and stuff. Like yeah. we just like, yeah, whatever, it's blob, fine. Blob, blob, <laughs> blob, goop. So, well, the third question, and this one, it does, like I said earlier, this you know, the virtual green room that uh, things do get more intense as the show goes on. Uh, this third one is kind of difficult to answer, so brace yourself. Don't worry. Oh. Every developer goes, what? Uh, it's, mm. I don't know. So here we go. Um, as a creative endeavor. Which is what Steel Mantis ultimately is. What do you be- believe is your biggest influence? Um, biggest influence. Or influences. What are your biggest influences as creators of things? Uh, hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't really. Um, what is the thing? If, 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 if I've got an influence, then yeah. maybe I don't know about it. All right. There like, you go. Uh, it's... That's, that's an answer. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, you know, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not particularly. I'm sure, like everything I like and everything I see is influencing me, influencing me somehow. But right, right. Uh, I couldn't really put a finger on it, and okay. probably, probably, uh, well, if something like Val Forest is certainly influenced a lot by. Uh, older games, and I generally thought it was influenced by an amazing heavy metal album cover. But well, this is the thing. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. That's uh, but that's Andrew's side of things, the influence, because he's like the the art the art guy. But I'm 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 designing the gameplay, yep. so I'm just trying to think like, well, you know, I like jumping around and shooting things, and so that's just sort of stuck in my head as what is good and fun. <laughs> so, and there it is. Yeah, there it is. See, told you to get to it. And then it's like, I have no idea what you mean by Chris, and that's fine. I nor do I. Until you talk <laughs> around it, and every guest has their own unique answer. And finally, it's basically well, kind of like jumping around and shooting things because it's fun. Yeah. Oh wait, see, <laughs> there you go. There we go. Well, that... well done. We got there in the end. I say the end. Like I said, I've done this before. <laughs> So, fourth question, first half. Almost there, but this one, also tricky. Okay, Sometimes, depends. I told you it wraps up. Um, <laughs> so I've got to say this very clearly, because I've said it so many times, I've actually wrapped it up so quickly, and people here can't hear me. So here we go. What developer did most admire in the industry, and why? So it could uh, be a company or a person. Oh. Um, do they have to still be relevant now? No, it can yeah, it can be anyone from um, any time. It can even be someone who's deceased. Doesn't matter. And the the company that springs to mind is uh, Treasure. Do you know oh, them? Yes, Gunstar Heroes. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, they made a lot of like like a very high percentage of some of my favorite games are made by them, like uh, uh, Radiant Silver Gun. Mm-hmm. Um, Sin and Punishment. Oh, yes, uh, yes. I bloody love that game. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, for hours, we? yeah, go on, carry on. Gunstar Heroes, of course, one of the uh, best Mega Drive games ever made. Yeah, and and also a lot of the empl- employees from Treasure came. They came from Konami, and they were people who already worked on Contra games. So they, you can basically say they made those as well. So. Yeah. yeah, no one likes to talk about Konami anymore, do they? Not no. after what's happened to them. But you no. know, gotta chase, gotta chase that cash. Apparently, it says yeah. rigid teeth. Um, but uh, fantastic answer, and I love the fact. I've got to say that there's a lot of treasure games on the Mega Drive Mini console. 
Um, I have a little shrine in my office of all the mini consoles, you see. That's how I use them. People thought, like, oh, they're, they're terrible waste. No, they're awesome because you have all these amazing games and systems sitting underneath this little shelf that I made. And there's a smallish <laughs> size TV, which is just the right size, and all hooked up to the telly. And I go, you can play like thousands, well, hundreds of games uh, on any system because I've got a Neo Geo one as well, which is great. Yeah, that does sound awesome. Yeah, it's just like this little shelf, and it sits in the in my corner of my office when I'm particularly, you know, like, oh, I can play one of these amazing systems or amazing games. Like I said, Treasure features heavily, uh, and uh, I'm happy to say. So, yeah, oh, good nice. thumbs up for, for Treasure. Yeah, more. more. And, uh, yeah, Radiant yeah. Supergun, which, as much as I love that game, um, just, just me and shooters, weird relationship. Love them, can't play them. Uh, okay. Although I do like nineteen forty two is one of my favourites, but I just, just bullet hell. What's yeah. That? Oh no, I love those sorts. Of I games. know, I know. It's just, I'm, I'm just, I love them, but I just, my hand to eye coordination isn't what it was, and uh, uh, you know, it's a bit like you know, it's just that this relationship with me and my thumb is a bit weird. Uh, like, okay. Can, can, can you press the button now? What the button resting on? This one? Yeah, that one. What now? <laughs> yes, now, please. Just can you press it. Go on. This is this was happening between my brain and my thumb at this age I'm at. Like, what? So press it now. Yeah, please press it. There you go. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I can imagine that that makes that sort of game a little bit difficult. And it does make Valfaris a little bit difficult. But we'll talk about how you've overcome that and your design, which is ingenious. So, last question. Which okay. I have to ask, because it's a video game podcast, and this, it is this. What are you playing right now? And it cannot be Valfaris, by the way. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, or, as a, as a, as a follow-on, if you can't quite know something right now because you're too busy with Valfaris and things, that's cool. Um, uh, what are you planning to play? That works as well. Uh, oh, my God. Um I haven't um, bought a new game for a while, I think. Unless I forgot about it. (laughs) Uh, Well, those Steam sales, what are you going to (laughs) do? Well, yeah, I certainly haven't been playing Valharis. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit sick of it now. I'm like, oh... I, like, I wouldn't like actively like in in the evening. I wouldn't just go like, oh, let's let's have a like let's play through Valfaris again. Yeah, you no, know? I get that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, what uh, is distracting you at the moment? Basically, what's what? Um, I think at the moment I'm just sort of in a phase of um, enjoying the comfort of games that I've already played like a million times, and I really okay. like, and I know them well. But I haven't I'm, I haven't played anything new for like a few new, months. Just... Let's see. I've, yeah. Um, I had a, a, I did a round of uh, Dark Souls recently. What? One, um, two, and three, two, one, or the um, the 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 first one, oh, the first one, re- okay. remastered okay. edition of it. Although, and, uh, although the pedants out there going, oh no, that's Demon Souls. Like, I know, I know. <laughs> Thank you. I like Demon Souls. I was there. Shut up. Sorry, yeah. carry on. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I, I love Demon's Souls as well, yeah. but um, I don't have a PS3, which is the only way to play it. Yeah, it unfortunately. is. It is. It is. Uh, let's see. I've, I've been playing. Um, I've been playing Binding of Isaac recently, which is a game like I played so uh, so long ago. It seems like now, and then I just like I just remembered it existed the other day, and then I was like playing it for ages. So yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I need to. I need to get something. Oh, I played the, the stupid um, goose game as well. Yeah, the untitled <laughs> goose game. It's a yeah. fantastic name for a game. It's like, what are we going to call it? Goose game? No, 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 no. I don't know. What do we call it? I don't know. But we've got to come with something. We'll just, let's just call it untitled for now, and we'll come back to it. Yeah, they never yeah. did. <laughs> <laughs> is that the story behind it? I, I have no idea. I'll find out. But I'm just I'm hoping it is. I really am hoping it is. I don't think yeah. it's premeditated <laughs> at all. They just went, I don't know. Just, you're a goose. What are you doing it? Be a jerk. Why? Because you're a goose. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty entertaining. <laughs> uh, someone asked uh, recently, who's writing the lists? Who writes the list? Oh, you know right. the list of stuff you got oh, to my. do? 
who's who's writing a list? That's it's a never very good explained. That's but um, yeah, the handwriting's exquisite, but <laughs> it's like who's, who's writing the list? Yeah, well, I don't I don't know the full uh, law of the game. No, what, I just best not, <laughs> best not dwell. Best not dwell. Someone ventured it was God. Papa could be. Hmm. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess uh, I guess God must have a sense of humour then. Yeah, well... Or be a little bit spiteful towards the, well, people. He's it's, it's not spiteful. He's not spiteful. He's just making their life interesting. There's a difference. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess no one is uh, permanently injured, as far no, as I know so that's far. the point. No one's actually, that's the beautiful, beautiful point of that game. Untitled Goose Game is all about not injuring anyone, just annoying them. That's well, I haven't, I haven't so got to the end yet. I don't know. I don't know like how much it escalates. <laughs> um, I would. Does venture... it take a dark turn? Yeah. Uh, well, no, it doesn't. It really doesn't um, at all. Uh, okay. And I think it's wonderful that you've made a game like Val Ferris, and yet you're playing that—the most non-violent game. Of all time, I think uh, there's more. There's more malice in the goose game. There is much more malice. Yeah, there's more innocence, like being <laughs> harmed. <laughs> um, my recommendation to you, then, I'm just going to before we move on to the second half, if I may. Have you heard of a game called Lonely Mountains Downhill? Um, I have not. It's a downhill mountain bike game, which uses gravity physics like you would not believe. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's oh yeah, it's well that sounds cool. It feels like you're riding that bike, even though you're not. Don't know how they did it. Don't know. Don't know. But it just hmm. generally feels like you're riding that bike. It's amazing. So well, there you go. And it's all about skill. Cool. Which... Well, I mean, it's definitely it doesn't sound like the sort of game I'd normally play, but I'll, I'll have a look and see. It's yeah. It's just very gentle. Very gentle. Okay. But it's you know you don't you still pick up you you don't feel frustrated by it. You go, oh I got this I got this. oh no I haven't. <laughs> and there's lots of shortcuts. You go, oh I can go down there. Uh-huh. And it's just it's it's open. It's no there's no invisible walls. You're like oh you can go down there. Go on off you go. You can go uh-huh. off piste. Don't worry. You'll probably uh-huh. die. But Sounds go. nice. Have a go. Have a go. See what happens. See what you find. <laughs> Wonderful. Hmm. Okay. So. That's the end of the first half. See, made it. Well done. Thanks. So, let, well uh, done to you too. Thank you. That's <laughs> first, see, more firsts in this show. No one's ever said that. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's move on to the second half where we delve deep into Belfast. known as a zeroth question because it's not a question it's a request before we can delve deep into Valparis we need to know what it is so in your own words sir and in, in indeed your own interpretation what is Valparis? Uh, well um, I think every time someone asks me it, I give I, 
I say something different. So it's like a, um, a, a Contra style game where you also, um, I don't know, you also have some like <laughs> elements of an RPG, like you upgrade things. It's not a Metroidvania. I, I could say, if I describe it, it's not a Metroidvania and it's not really Contra either because Contra is just like, constant enemies where it's in where we're in Valfaris you have a bit of, you can have a bit of a breather. So uh oh no, I'm doing a bad job of describing this. Do you want me to have a go? Yeah. I can have a go. Yeah yeah maybe you know better. Yeah that's cool. Ready? <laughs> yeah go for there it. There you go. I've the second time it's happened in the show because uh they go I don't know. Oh it's a thing. Yeah. Okay, there you go. It is a lefty righty platform shooter with a third person um, sort of scrolling 2D action platformer uh, with the ability to shoot projectiles and also to use a melee weapon. It's a precise sort of uh, jumping uh, mechanic to it and uh, you are arrested by not only hordes of enemies but also the environment which also can be extremely hostile if you're not careful. How's that? Did you have that written down? No. Wow. I don't know how you make like Word sentences that that good. <laughs> there you go <laughs> on the that's, fly. <laughs> that's that's accurate, is it? Do you think yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, there you go. Just, I, just what you what you said. Yeah, what I said. Yeah, I should do this for a living. Oh wait. Okay. <laughs> oh, that was horribly arrogant. Sorry, everyone. I might want to turn off now. Um, so, first design question. This is a proper one. Ready? Okay. I love the checkpoint system of Valfaris. I cannot congratulate you enough in the design of this. Where it came from, I don't know. And that's what I'm going to ask you about because it costs you something. You get a token. You find them all over the place in discrete strategic places that are not too hard to find sometimes. Sometimes they are. There's a bit of risk-reward in actually getting to them, which is a standard thing for when you're trying to find a bonus item in an arcade game like Valfaris. Um but um, why are they linked to your health bar? So you basically pick them up and you get a bit of a health boost. And then you can trade them in to your checkpoint. But, but doing so, you then reduce your health. So what was that about? What was your thinking behind that? Um, well, it's kind of a... It's a lot, I've got a, a quite a long answer to this. and That's why I asked it. Go for it. It's, um, <laughs> it might not be what you expect. So I have no uh, idea. <laughs> uh, it, it's really quite messy how how we arrived at this idea, but basically the game, when it was in its infancy, we didn't really know what it was because I I was trying to just make like I was trying to just make it like a straight up contra game where you just it's just non-stop run from left to right and shoot everything, and then. And then we decided, oh, maybe we should make it like an exploration game instead. Um, and then we, well, not not 100% exploration, but more like big open sprawling levels where you just go, uh, you can go everywhere and there's like lots of multiple choice of directions. And it, yeah, a little bit like Metroidvania-y, I guess. But um yeah, so we were gonna have we were gonna have it so there'd be like uh, a checkpoint, like very rarely, and you you would get to choose when to use it because when you get reach the checkpoint, like you could there'd be there'd be plenty of opportunity to come back to it. Like you'd you'd walk off somewhere, and then you could go a different direction, and then like so it, so as as the game as it is now, as you just they're on a linear path that you go by, but like they wouldn't have been like that originally. And so we had it, so you can only use the checkpoint once, but then it's up to you to choose when to use it. So that's why the item to activate a checkpoint was separated from the checkpoint uh, in the first place. So, um, so I guess it would be like it was supposed to be like a like a Resident Evil ink ribbon, if you know what I mean. Oh yes, yeah. So yeah, yeah. very familiar so with you, that. Go on. <laughs> yeah, so you just you just have like your your 
you decide when you want to save the game, basically. And that's how we were thinking it would be used. But then the game just kept changing. And then it eventually it just became like really linear. And that, and it, it kept getting, um, uh, what's the word? Streamlined more. So, and then, and then we had to still had the system where you pick up the item to activate the checkpoint and but the checkpoints were all in a linear path now so it's just like well there's just what does this what is even the point of this shouldn't why why the checkpoints should just activate automatically now because there's no there's no reason you wouldn't so we had this weird thing where you get an item to put in a checkpoint and to activate it and there's absolutely no reason why you wouldn't so uh, so i was like saying okay look i'm going to remove the these the uh resurrection idols that's the that's the item you put in the checkpoint to activate it i'm going to get rid of them and then we're just going to have it so you walk past the checkpoints and they activate automatically like they did in slain because this makes sense now but andrew was like no we, we want to i want to keep the item because i like the feeling of going up to it and press and putting it in and yeah, yeah. and i was like really well then, that's if you, if we're going to do that, then we have to have an actual reason to not do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. and then, um, yeah, and then so we thought about it, and um, actually, it's one of my. I was discussing this problem with um, one of my uh, close friends, and he said, and he came up with the idea. And I was like, yes, okay, good idea. And then we, I stole it off from him. So, <laughs> so the, the idea to have a health change, that is. Um, yeah, so that's just how it came about. That's fantastic. And this is one of the many reasons I do this show, that the, the thought process and how that evolved into what it is. Like, where'd that come from? That. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was wonderful. not careful planning no, at all. It, it was, was just like... like got an idea let's just throw it in and see if it sticks and it did thank you next question then and this hints to what my introduction of the uh, of Valfaris is about um, in Valfaris there is a need for the player to be constantly aware of their surroundings mm. um, from potential threats and also the environment itself um, how have you found signposting this um, let me think. Um, is there are there any times where there's some danger and it's not like totally um, obvious that it's like a huge monster or something? Yeah, uh, I mean, sometimes we're like, yeah, is yeah. it a moving tentacle? Is it a cable? Is it something I could walk on? Oh no, no, I shouldn't touch that. That's what uh, I'm talking about. What have you done, consciously see. or maybe subconsciously, and said, no, don't touch that. That's bad. What kind of uh, things have you done to Simon post this to do? Well, certainly um, Andrew's art. Um, he's he's made things look dangerous, <laughs> you right. know. Like and and for something like uh, I guess like any liquid in the game. Well, I know you can you can you can go into water like waist tight water, but all the other liquid in the game is like some bubbling with with steam coming off it so I, that should look like it's bad if you fall in um and i guess other things like i i've always had always trying to be as careful as i can with uh keeping things in frame that are dangerous like spikes and things uh, unless it's really obvious that if you fall down off screen it's going to be bad but like that's that's one of the that's a very difficult thing to uh, always think about the the camera frame and and not having some some nonsense where you have you think you can just fall down to safety and then it's actually just a big load of spikes. So I, I try. I, hopefully that doesn't happen much, if at all. <laughs> no, but, yeah. I just really the feedback on what I was trying to draw out from you and I think you've you've managed to answer it via the art and also some programming and animation is that 
you did a good job of, of flagging like see this thing it looks like the rest of the stuff right you're supposed to because you know otherwise the world doesn't make sense however don't want to touch this it's bad look mm. at it and you you sort of fed on people's subconscious and their preconceived ideas of what is good and bad when you know from the yeah. natural world That's yeah what I found yeah it. i wonder um yeah, it's one of these things where I think having played a lot of old games, there's certain things I just assume everyone knows is a bad thing. And yeah. may- maybe I didn't even think about it too much. <laughs> um. No, it's just, uh, I just, it, that's what the strength of this Valfaris is, because it could have gone so horribly wrong the other way, and uh, you've ended up people just ploughing into things, not realising that it's actually dangerous so yeah yeah that certainly happened um in slain a lot because there's a lot of like traps in that mm. which it, there's a like one one shot kill like uh just sort of like something that will just if you touch it the a big like crusher will squish yep. you and things yep. like that and it's like um i guess probably um Something that someone, some people have been upset about in Valfaris was these little red switches in um, the tombs level, which set off a, ga- a poison gas trap. Um, and like there hadn't really been anything else in the game like that, where you had to be careful about where you were stepping. And it's like, yeah, in this sort of game where there's so much chaos with fire, like firing everywhere and. Uh, loads of enemies exploding into jibs like people aren't really paying too much attention to like a light on the floor so maybe that was a little bit harsh but uh, you know once people someone's trodden it once they're not gonna do it again they're not so. gonna do it again <laughs> love the mistakes right yeah. i'm gonna ask about the shield now so you can fire back projectiles using the shield if you time it just right mm. and it's, not, it's an interesting mechanic that i've not seen since titanfall um, is it? In, uh, I don't know. I haven't played Titanfall. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You basically have this shield ability that you can actually grab everyone's bullets and then throw them back at them. Uh, which oh, is, I see. Which is a thing. Um, so, but in in this in in Valferis, how did it uh, come to be? How did it <laughs> appear in this? Uh, yeah, in, this is a game. Maybe another like unexpected reason. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we we had we had it from the beginning, so you could um, move the shield around uh, as it like it's linked to your aiming, so it would just rotate with where you're aiming, and that's that was been in there from the start. But um, that was all it did at first. There was no like catching a projectile and firing it back. Uh, so we we did um, uh, when we were at one of the conventions, uh, EGX. Um, that was, but but not this year. Last last year's EGX, um, when yeah, the, the game still had a long way to go then. And someone someone was playing it, and then they just came up to me and said like, "What's the point in the shield like being able to move it around?" And I was just like, "Well, because you so you have to like block in different directions and like make sure you block in the right way." And then and he said. Uh, yeah, but why don't you do something more with it? Like, make it so you can, like, reflect things in different directions. And I was like, oh, okay. And so it sort of just came from some someone. And I don't know who they are, but thanks for the good idea. Uh, but you're not in the credits, sorry. <laughs> See, that's why I go to expos, giving ideas to developers for free, yeah. no commission. There you go. So, you know, people pay thousands of pounds for consultancies on this, but there you go. Yeah, it was a, it was a good bit of uh, advice. It's for really sure. powerful as well. There's one particular boss you can just murderize with it. It's great. I'm not going to say which one. Yeah, yeah, but it's one. It's like, oh, yeah, just just go on, do your worst. There you go. How about you? <laughs> How's it feel? How's it feel? Kind of thing. It's great. It's great. Nice. I'm glad you enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's quite satisfying. Oh, so. yes. When you get it right. <laughs> and speaking about my thumb earlier thing, it's, it's sometimes not. Anyway, 
Um, the mechanic. There is a mechanic in Valfaris that centers on the powering of an alternate weapon that you have that you pick up, and then you, you, you get, there are alternate weapons basically you can power up, and they're like special special attacks that are powered by your melee weapon, which is a dirty great sword, which I did talk about in a description of the game earlier. I didn't talk about a sword, but I talked about a melee attack. Okay. Does that force the player to be somewhat judicious when they use that particular weapon? What incentive do you provide to the player to make sure that they follow the maxim of fire them if you have them? Um, uh, so, so I don't understand. I know, it's all right. <laughs> There's a phenomena which I call the BFG phenomena. Okay. So when you're playing Doom and you get the BFG, yeah. you just don't want to fire it, do you? You don't want to uh, fire it because uh-huh. it's only got one or two shots. You want to fire it just at the thing that really, really need, like a big caca demon uh, or a big major demon, which never arrives. Yeah. Um, so what I'm saying with, with the ultimate uh, yeah, of Alpharis yeah. is, what do you tell players? Like, look, you've got this other weapon. Stop just not firing it because you go, oh, I'm going to run out of ammo. What's the point? You know, I might as well just use the regular one. No, just give them the incentive to use it. To, to get through, otherwise they are going to die more often than not. What do you think you do in Valfaris to encourage players to use all of the weapons and abilities they have at availability, not just one or two? Hmm, okay. I understand now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I'm, I, have this, uh, I have this problem in games. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we all do. We all yeah. Do. And especially... It's, it's, it's a yeah. syndrome. <laughs> yeah, especially in like... Uh, I don't know, I'm not sure if this is the same thing, but in like an RPG or something where you get like a big load of items yeah. and you're like, you never use any of them because it's like, oh, well, I need to save, I need to save this for like the, the final boss. Yeah. And yeah. then like you get, you get all the way to the end of the game and you've got like, there's no chance you're using all those items. No, no. <laughs> Exactly. You get this yeah. amazing potion, potion. It's got this glowing thing in the middle of it. It looks awesome. Yeah. No, I'm not using that. But it make, it makes you feel safe to have it. It does. It does. <laughs> so what do you do about uh, Ferris to stop that from happening? Uh, I, well, know, I know what you do, but you tell me. Well, um, I, I we made it so the uh, the amount of energy it takes to use a weapon, uh, well, it gets drained pretty quickly, but then yes. you also can restore it really quickly. Yes. So it's just sort of like a back back and forth so you you never have to worry too much about running out of ammo because you just you're just a few sword swipes away from getting it back again uh so that's basically it exactly this the, the that act of the recharging it quickly therefore the expenditure the cost of it isn't great too great Still a risk though. You still stop. Yeah. It still doesn't fire continuously. You still got to charge it up with your melee weapon, which sometimes can be more dangerous than you'd like because it does have an animation. There's a sequence. It's not you're not invulnerable when you're swinging away at things yeah. with it. You can get attacked from behind, especially, sure, yeah. and that's quite difficult. But it's just an ingenious system. And uh, well, uh, it, it was um, Andrew. Um, he he wanted. He said he wanted something like uh, in Diablo, where he he had in his mind something to do with like um, where you sort of have two attacks, where I, um, where you've got like a, a simple one and one that uses up magic, and then you're sort of like filling up the magic and then using that one again, and it was all like a it's it's like that in Diablo three, I think. Um, and then, so that was the foundation of the idea. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it was. A, but but that was just like a base, a, a rough idea. And actually, we had we had it originally. So you got energy back by like shooting things with your pistol, and that was really weird. And I don't know because because it was because we were thinking of it like that's the primary weapon which charges the secondary weapon, and it just was. Uh, yeah, that wasn't. No, no, that was a bit strange. Went, yeah, it was. It was right. It was a good decision eventually. So yeah, uh, yeah, and it was a much. It was a much more gradual as well. It was it, originally. It was like you had to hit things a load of times with a sword to charge it all the way up, 
and then but then it drained really slowly as well and it just it just feels better when it like drains really fast and fills really fast yeah yeah right then well done mm. see you made it last question that was it that was the last um, question that was the last question yeah, yeah. wow no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, Val by Steel Mantis. By the way, before uh, it's out now uh, on Windows PC, PS4, mm-hmm. Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Is that right? That is correct. Well done, and uh, so all of the things basically. Yeah, uh, I'm personally only played it on Windows PC, um, and I just want to ask, uh, where does the name come from, Steel Steel Mantis? Where did that come from? Um, well. Uh... Let's see. Me and and me and Andrew. Well, Steel Steel Mantis is just me and Andrew. That's the right. team. So yeah. um, we we wanted something metal sounding. So that's why it's steel. Yeah. And I really like praying mantises a lot. Right. So it it. So I managed to convince Andrew for it to be Steel Mantis. I think. I think he. Oh, I don't know. Who came up with it? One of us did. <laughs> it's a great name. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. memorable. I, I like very that. memorable. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What would be more terrifying? A regular mantis, a steel one. There yeah. you go. That they'll do it. That's I, w- I would like it if we can get one into maybe the next game, like an actual steel mantis. Yeah, giant one, of course, because the regular oh, oh, yeah. size one would be a bit rubbish because they're not that big. Really. No, they're a bit big as your hand, aren't they? But uh, yeah, well, I'd yeah. have a little like robot one as a yeah, pet. Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, it's been wonderful having you on the show. Uh, been a great sport. Thank you very, very much for <laughs> well, sharing thanks. your. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's been you've been sharing very open and honest about the uh, the uh, birth and creation of Val Ferris. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, you're more than welcome to come back on the show we have had a lot of return guests recently because of the age of the show um, oh it's, nice yeah it's uh, and it's wonderful but it does mean that you don't have to answer the first three questions uh-huh. <laughs> well maybe uh, when we've done our next game yes we'll be back on back on <laughs> yeah, it happens trust me it's been wonderful but in the meantime cool. thank you very much cool thanks <laughs> <laughs>